98K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Alex Price. The headlines. LegCo's Finance Committee descends into chaos. A TV news driver injured by a beanbag rounds has police held him for two hours before sending him to hospital. And the legal sector lawmaker pours scorn on a proposal for special riot courts. LegCo's Finance Committee meeting has quickly descended into arguments with pro-democracy lawmakers complaining the incumbent chairman, Chan Kim Poor, called today's meeting without giving the required five days' notice. At its first meeting on Friday, the committee spent about three hours trying to choose a new chair and vice-chair. Mr Chan explained the urgency of choosing a new chairman so the committee could get through the backlog of funding requests. He spoke through an interpreter. We are having meetings on the rest of the week except today. We haven't got a choice. If we don't have a meeting today, it will be after the 19th that we can have a meeting. I know that we are going to encounter a lot of difficulties, whether I choose today or not, because you don't want to have a meeting. You're going to obstruct me, but it doesn't matter. Now, the electrical complex has been damaged and it has taken us a few months to restore the facilities. 44 items have been put on the waiting list. It involves $70 billion. However, some Pandemocrat lawmakers didn't approve of it being business as usual for LegCo, while police continued their crackdown on anti-government protesters. The convener of the Pandemocrats, Tanya Chan, said pro-government lawmakers were still using unfair means to get their own way in the council. After all this month, pro-establishment camp haven't learned any lesson and uh, still trying to use a similar method by unfairly treating the pro-democracy camp uh, in order to accommodate the needs of the government. But the real job of the legislators is to, to monitor the administration instead of uh, simply assisting them or accommodating their needs. Now, TV's news department says it believes one of its drivers was injured by a police beanbag round during a protest overnight outside Moncock Police Station. In a statement, it said the driver was hit in the back of the head while walking to his car and was subdued by riot police despite revealing his identity. The driver was taken to Moncock Station with his hands tied. Now, TV said he was only released after two hours when police called an ambulance to take him to Kwangwa Hospital. He is currently being treated for head and chin injuries. The chairman of the Equal Opportunities Commission has urged victims of sexual assault relating to the anti-government protests to file reports to the watchdog. Ricky Jew said that since June, the EOC has received more than 100 protest-related inquiries, most over concerns police are sexually assaulting some of the protesters they arrest. But he said many of the inquiries referred to photos or videos of alleged abuse, and this made it difficult for the watchdog to investigate the suspicions. In an interview with RTHK, Mr Jew said he would therefore urge any victims to contact the EOC directly. The vice chairwoman of the Basic Law Committee, Maria Tam, says Hong Kong should consider setting up a special court to deal with the thousands of people who have been arrested in connection with the anti-government protests. Priscilla reports. Speaking during an interview with the mainland's Xinhua News Agency, Maria Tam said many countries set up special courts to deal with a large number of arrests during riots, adding Hong Kong should do the same in order to speed up the judicial process. However, she did not offer any specific details as to the operation of such courts or why they would be special. The Basic Law Committee vice chairwoman also dismissed claims that the government's introduction of an anti-mask law was unconstitutional, saying the NPC standing 
Committee has long confirmed the right of the chief executive in council to invoke emergency powers when necessary. When asked about a remark by Hong Kong's last governor, Chris Patton, that the mask ban was a crazy decision, Ms. Tam called Mr. Patton an attention-seeking, outdated politician. She also accused him of double standards, saying Britain also has its own anti-mask law. However, legal sector lawmaker Dennis Kwok said Ms Tam's suggestion is scary. He said setting up a special court won't speed things up, but will only prompt more problems. Judges and magistrates are appointed for a reason because they are of high quality and has independent judgment. So why do we need a special court? And a special court will not speed up things and it will only create more fear or concerns about who will sit on such uh, a special court and the procedures, etc. will actually cause even more delay. I have faith in the normal court system. We should simply stick to the system that we have and not create even more uh, problems and procedural wrangle. A legal expert has warned that protesters who throw petrol bombs or attack police could face life behind bars. Simon Young, a constitutional law expert from the University of Hong Kong, was commenting after another weekend of clashes between anti-government protesters and police, which involved an officer being stabbed in the neck with what's believed to be a box cutter. Professor Young said he hopes the chief executive's policy address on Wednesday will deal with some of the protesters' demands. People who are engaged in these protests need to know that some of the things that we're seeing are actually punishable by life imprisonment, up to life imprisonment. For example, arson, any form of arson with destruction of property with fire is punishable to life imprisonment. The uh, wounding of a police officer with intent to either resist arrest or to intent to cause grievous bodily harm also punishable by life imprisonment. Even the breaking into the stores, that's a form of burglary because you have an intention to destroy property. Uh, if you have a weapon with you, it's an aggravated form of burglary, punishable up to also life imprisonment. So many of these offences are very serious. Dozens of people have gathered outside the Hong Kong Design Institute in Chukeng Leng, demanding the school release CCTV footage of its 15-year-old student who police say may have committed suicide last month. Despite repeated denials by the force, rumours are rife the teenager's death was linked to her participation in the protest movement and that she may have been killed by officers. The police said at a press conference last week that her passing was not suspicious as she was caught on a security camera, leaving her belongings on campus and walking barefoot towards the sea before her death. But those at today's gathering weren't convinced and demanded the release of the CCTV footage. Turning overseas and more than 100,000 soldiers, police officers and firefighters are searching for survivors of powerful typhoon Hagibis two days after the storm slammed into Japan, killing at least 35 people. It hit the country on Saturday night but brought hours of heavy rains even before it arrived causing landslides and rivers to burst their banks. These residents of Kawagawa, north of Tokyo, said they were shocked by the damage. I have lived here 32 years. It is the first time I have seen anything like this. I was shaking with fear last night. I watched the live camera of the river and I could see it coming up and up, getting closer and closer to the top. I never thought something like this would happen in my neighbourhood. I was so surprised. The EU's chief negotiator on Brexit, Michel Barnier, has told diplomats that both sides have offered concessions on the contentious issue of the Irish border. Here's the BBC's Adam Fleming. 
Michel Barnier said he could rewrite the original backstop for the Irish border to clarify that Northern Ireland remained part of the UK's customs territory in legal terms, even if EU customs procedures applied in practice. The UK solution is to track goods from Great Britain to determine if they end up in Ireland. That's opposed by the EU as unworkable. But there's one area where Brussels seems to have softened. They're prepared to keep talking until the eve of the summit of EU leaders on Thursday, despite saying previously a revised deal had to be ready a week in advance. The Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau says he plans to continue campaigning as normal a day after he wore a bulletproof vest to a political event because of an unspecified security threat. He spoke briefly to reporters about the incident. My uh, first concern was for the safety of my family and for uh, all the Canadians in the room. Uh, This will not change uh, at all how I campaign, uh, but I'm not going to make any further comments on it. Yesterday, he appeared on the campaign trail for the upcoming federal elections wearing shirt sleeves without the protection underneath. His rivals have condemned any threat to any political candidates. Kurdish officials in northern Syria say they've done a deal with the Syrian government for the country's army to deploy along the border with Turkey in an attempt to forestall the Turkish offensive against the Kurds. The move comes as the US announced it was pulling out its remaining troops in the region as soon as possible, as there were concerns American forces could be caught up in the fighting. The US Defence Secretary, Mark Esper, told CBS News that up to a 1,000 soldiers would leave the area. Despite our opposition, they decided to make this incursion into Syria. And at this point in time, in the last 24 hours, we learned that uh, they likely intend to expand their attack further south than originally planned and to the west. Uh, We also have learned in the last 24 hours that the Kurdish forces, the SDF, are looking to cut a deal, if you will, with the Syrians and the Russians to counterattack against the Turks in the north. And so we find ourselves as we have American forces likely caught between two opposing advancing armies, and it's a very untenable situation. A 28-year-old black woman in the U.S. state of Texas has been shot dead in the earliest hours of Saturday by police through a bedroom window of her home. Footage from a body-mounted camera appears to show an officer walking around the property before spotting a figure at a window. After demanding the person put up their hands, he fires through the glass. Fort Worth police say the policeman, who's white, has been placed on administrative leave. Hunter Biden, the son of the former American Vice President Joe Biden, is stepping down from the board of a private equity company backed by China. Here's the BBC's Chris Buckler. In a controversial phone call, Donald Trump tried to press Ukraine's president into launching an investigation into Joe Biden and his son Hunter. And he later publicly said that China should do the same. However, President Trump has not provided any evidence of wrongdoing. And in a statement, Hunter Biden's lawyer said that in the five years that he had served in the board of a Ukrainian energy firm, there had been no allegations of impropriety by law enforcement agencies, despite extensive scrutiny. But he has now decided to step down from the management company of a Chinese equity fund. And he's pledged not to serve on boards of foreign companies if his father becomes president to ensure there are no conflicts of interest. Financial news now and in currencies. The US dollar is trading at 108.3 yen. The euro stands at 1 US dollar and 10 cents and the pound is worth 9 Hong Kong dollars and 88 cents. And a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index stood at 26,591. That's 283 points up on the previous close. Turnover stood at $54 billion. Now time for sport and here's Joanne Wong. 
Japan are celebrating their rugby milestone with the Brave Blossoms reaching the World Cup quarterfinals for the first time, following their 28-21 victory over Scotland. The host's captain, Michael Leach, has hailed his size progression as a mark of huge progress for the sport, not just in his country, but across Asia. You know, this is great for uh, for Japanese rugby, not just Japanese rugby, rugby in Asia, uh, tier two rugby. So, you know, for us to qualify, firstly qualify for the quarterfinals, um, now we're we're shifting the goalposts. So, I'm not too sure who we've got next, but uh, we'll start next week and we'll go from there. I mean, the key to our victories are preparation, being aligned from the start of the week, same mes- consistent messages. Um, so, we'll do that and. We're not coming out next week to have a good game and lose. We're coming out to win. In fact, Japan faced South Africa, the team they famously beat in the 2015 World Cup. Group runners of Ireland faced New Zealand, while the other quarterfinals pit England against Australia and France against Wales. The women's world marathon record has been decisively broken by the Kenyan runner Bridget Koskai. She knocked more than a minute off the previous best time set by Paula Radcliffe, completing the Chicago Marathon in 2 hours, 14 minutes and 4 seconds. She told reporters she had been encouraged by the crowd's support. I was not expecting to run like this, but uh, today I make wonders to run uh, my best time, and which I could not ever run, and I was happy again. I feel okay because uh, people are cheering on the way for running. When we were running, they are cheering, they are cheering, and I get more energy and morale. Also getting her name in the record books is Simone Biles. The American has become the most decorated gymnast in world championship history, winning her 25th medal, a gold, with a stunning performance in the floor competition in the German city of Stuttgart. Just two hours earlier, she claimed gold in the beam competition, taking her past the previous overall record of 23 medals held by the male Belarusian gymnast Vitaly Skorbel. Biles reflected on her performance with the BBC's David McDade. It's unreal. I can't even imagine if you would ask me when I was six years old just starting out on the sport. But, you know, it's the work that we put in that makes us who we are. Have you surprised yourself then? Most definitely. I've more than surprised myself. I've sh- I'm shocked. I'm just like, I'm blown away. And there's also good news for Hong Kong from Stuttgart. The SAR's top gymnast, Shek Wai Hong, has secured a place in the Tokyo Olympics after finishing seventh in the men's fault. But the Hong Kong athlete was not in the mood for celebration, as he blamed himself for making a mistake in his first jump and missing the chance to claim a world championship medal. To football in Poland and Russia have qualified for the European Championship Championship next year. Russia eased to a 5 0 thrashing of 10 men Cyprus, and Poland joined them after seeing off North Macedonia 2 0. In other matches, Germany beat Estonia 3 0 despite playing with 10 men from the 14th minute, while Gareth Bale's goal forced Croatia to wait to qualify after a one all draw with Wales. And that's your look at sport. Thanks to Joanne Long there. Now to end the news, a quick reminder of our top stories. Ledgeco's finance committee descends into chaos. A, a TV news driver says he was injured by a beanbag by police. And the legal sector lawmaker pours scorn on a proposal for special riot courts. The news from RTHK. Employers must take out employees' compensation insurance policies irrespective of employees' length of contract, working hours or mode of employment. Any employer who fails to comply commits an offence and is liable to a fine and imprisonment. Employees may seek help from the Labour Department at 2815-2200.
Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Monday. Happy Monday. It is the 123 Show with me, Karen Co. Many thanks to Phil Whelan for the morning brew this morning. And I hope you're having a good Monday so far. Here's what we've got lined up for you on today's show. We're going to be joined by Judy Khan of Her Fund to take a look at gender equality in Hong Kong, especially among grassroots and minority communities. 